You're listening to Hypnosis Podcasts. Hypnosis Podcasts. You'll hear from dedicated individuals committed to advancing the field of hypnotism. This is an open forum for free exchange of ideas. Our mission of pursuing and achieving our big idea. To do everything possible to have our field recognized as a separate and distinct profession. We never get bored of telling folks that we help ordinary everyday people with ordinary everyday problems using hypnosis. We're consulting hypnotists. Learn from obvious expert professional hypnotists. Now, your host of Hypnosis Podcasts, this is Mark Eldridge. Good evening, everyone. This is Mark Eldridge. Again, welcome to another episode of the Hypnosis Podcast. I have my father uh, doing another great interview this evening. Uh, go ahead, Dad. Well, it's really good to be with everybody, and this is Elsa Eldridge, Jr. Thank you for making all this happen, Mark. And our guest today is Lisa Halpin. And we're going to learn a lot from Lisa and also sort of explore a little bit about What's coming up at the Solid Gold event weekend? Um, sort of around February. Lisa will tell us a little bit about that as well. And Lisa is a board-certified hypnotist, certified instructor, and creator of her HypnoCoach and certification program. She writes Mind Over Matter in the Journal of Hypnotism and has been on National Guild of Hypnotist Convention faculty for 30 years. Lisa also enjoys mentoring hypnotists in her hypnosis distance internship program and consulting for digital marketing for online and offline businesses. She has received several NGH awards, including the President's Award, Member of the Year, the Media Award, Exceptional Performance as a CI, the Orman McGill Chair as Outstanding Faculty Member, and was a Charter Inductee into the Council of Braid for 2005. Thanks, Mark, and thanks, Elson, for having me. It's always good to share with my hypnotist colleagues. And Lisa, I want to ask you kind of a, a question I've been wondering about for a while. And I sort of know you pretty well. I know how much you do in the world of hypnosis and, and how much training you do and how much work you do with hypnotists. But so I don't know if I ever asked you directly, what inspired you to become a professional hypnotist? Wow. Okay. So what inspired me to become a professional hypnotist? Mostly I was always amazed with the power of the mind and just uh, why did people do what they do and what caused them to do what they do and what caused their minds and brains to work in the ways that they do. And I happen to have a fabulous memory that is both a blessing and a curse. And from a very young age, I realized not everybody remembered things like I did. And I thought, that's funny. Why can't they do that? And I think that was my first, like, you know, if you have gray matter in there that's supposed to be doing something, how come everybody's doesn't always function the same? And that was probably my uh, initial interest was kind of figuring out what makes people tick. 
and what makes them different and what makes them succeed or what makes them not succeed. And then when I was uh, in college, even though actually I was a business and marketing major, marketing still has a lot to do with human behavior. And why do people do what they do and make the choices they make? And so at the time, I thought about uh, doing a psychology minor or something. And I unfortunately uh, took some basic classes in psychology and quickly decided, wait a minute, this is mostly about why are people all messed up? And I kind of didn't want to look for what was broken trying to fix it. And so I thought, well, no, I think that's not really quite it for me. And so I stuck with my marketing and business background. And when I came across my mentor uh, shortly thereafter, he was a hypnotist. And he was on television and on radio. And he worked with good people making them better. And that was a different model. And I took a look at that and went, that's what I want to do. I'm going to ask you that particular mentor's name because I know he was very well known and had a great reputation for teaching and for marketing as well, it turns out. Yes, uh, actually, he he did. Yes, that was Jim Hoke. And he was uh, very famous and uh, very successful. Uh, I would wager to say at the time, this was in the 70s and early 80s, he was probably the most well-known, most successful hypnotist in the country. So I, I basically tagged him and said, I want to do what you do. I want to be who you are and learn this. And he said, good luck, kid. I don't train people. That's how that started. <laughs> wow. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about how long you've been involved with uh, the National Guild of Hypnotists. Tell us a little more about that. Well, you would know because you've been around since then, too. So I started I started training at Jim's knee in the early to mid-80s. And there was not, like, hypnosis instructors everywhere like we have now. And so I kind of understudied and apprenticed with him. And there was me and a few other people that nagged him and begged him and said, train us, train us, train us. And he did train one group of people one time. And so there were, I think there were 22 of us total trained by him in the 80s. And at that point, um, when I was begging him, he was from Michigan and I'm here in California. And he said, you know, I don't train people originally. And he said, you know, you can check with other people and follow people around and learn about them and contact them. And he said, well, one of my mentors lives not far from you, and that was Ormond McGill, uh, the very famous Ormond McGill that we call the Dean of American Hypnosis. And so um, that's how I got to know Ormond. And at the time, this was before the Guild was training people to be certified hypnotists in any kind of uh, formal fashion. And as I recall it, if you were from the outside world like I was, we had to have a um, like a letter of recommendation that said, I'm saying this person knows what they're doing, and so you should have them as a member of the guild. And my original uh, recommendation letter came from Ormond. So I've been a member of the guild since, um, I think, January of 1988. So we're going on, that's going to be like 32 years or something. 
Hey, Lisa, I love that concept where you mentioned uh, making good people, helping them become better. Uh, and you, you, you have, obviously, uh, uh, from what I know, uh, just a tremendous background in marketing as well. How did you get involved with marketing? Well, marketing actually goes to pre-hypnosis days. Um, and that kind of takes us on a little tangent. And part of that is just I think I was born a natural marketing person, a natural entrepreneur. From the time I was a little kid, I was trying to figure out how to help people and be rewarded for that. And uh, getting paid was a nice thing. So I was uh, I was known to teach anybody anything. Like if I learned to ride a bike, I taught everybody else how to ride a bike. If, when I learned to swim, I taught everybody else how to swim. And uh, I made an entrepreneurial business for myself as a youngster teaching summer school when I was in junior high and doing uh, private tutoring after school, making $25 an hour in the early 70s. And that was a lot of money. Um, so that part, I think, I just came up you know, about uh, naturally. And then narrowing it down to being marketing came from a rather unusual uh, situation that I was presented with in my high school that was a program that was very shortly lived here in California uh, due to some funding issues. And it had come from back east somewhere. Actually, I want to say maybe around Boston. Um, um, I don't remember now exactly. But it was called the Executive High School Internships. And rather than help kids get what was like work-study things back then that they called it work study where you worked at the library or you worked at the local swimming pool or you worked at the local restaurant and you did a little work and you made a little money. This is about showing kids real potential and real possibilities of working in the real world. And it was a very strenuous program to get into and highly competitive. It was quite rigorous to get into. But once you got in, and we're talking, this was uh, – Gosh, I think there was maybe 15 of us in my group, so it's not very many people. But we were placed as executives in giant corporations. And without going through all the details, my job was assistant marketing director of American Airlines Western Region. And so I was working... Uh, helping run American Airlines from uh, the Rocky Mountains this way when I was 17. And at that point, I had wanted to be a mass communications major in college to uh, disseminate information. And my job there was marketing. And my boss, who was a fabulous, wonderful mentor that made a huge difference in my life, uh, said, what do you think about going to school for marketing? And I said, well, I think I'm loving what I'm doing here. And he said, how about you keep working for us and you commute? And so that's how I became a marketing major. And it fit everything with my entrepreneurial spirit. And my favorite class was uh, consumer behavior, uh, which brings in the hypnosis part and the mind part. And it was in the early days of technology, so my, my tech background goes back to key punch cards on TDP 1170 computers all the way through uh, programming in basic and then working in the tech industry here in marketing after I left the airlines before we called it Silicon Valley. So I kind of have a three 
wing background of that business, human behavior, and technology. Very fascinating. And so you do uh, both uh, with hypnosis and combining marketing together, both online and offline. Could you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, the um, the concept of uh, online offline marketing is um, also I I also refer to it as kind of uh, new school old school <laughs> because we used to only have offline marketing. There was no internet, and so back thirty something years ago when I started as a hypnotist, uh, this was pre-internet. So the way someone found you was primarily like the yellow pages. And the yellow pages was a wonderful thing if you were a professional hypnotist because it gave you pre-qualified people. They had to know they had some issue they wanted to work on and they had already thought they wanted to work on it with hypnosis and they looked you up in the phone book and you might have been the only hypnotist within miles. So you had a pre-qualified market right there. And so now, hypnotists today, where's your yellow pages? I actually still get one on my front porch, but it's not worth much. Everybody looks everything up online. And when somebody looks something up online, at least we now have, um, we have tracking searches, so it's most likely to give you local results now. But it's not going to be all local results. So back in the day, if I needed a plumber, because I had a sprung a link in my um, laundry room or something, I'd run to the yellow pages. Now you're going to go to your phone or your internet and type in plumber. And if you're in California, you want a plumber here, not one in Cincinnati. So the geo-tracking on the computer now knows where I'm asking for a plumber, and it will give me plumbers around here, but it will give me way more plumbers from way farther around than would have been in my phone book. And so that kind of is a good example of the difference between online and offline. But most of the offline methods still work. They're just more local and they're more personal. And the online efforts that also work can be more global and for some people harder to tackle like the technology and the you know, there's hypnotists that are actually a little phobic about technology and they don't want to do these things online. And then there's people that are phobic about, like, wanting to go out and meet people and talk to people, so they don't want to do the local stuff. So it's really the best of both worlds to do for any business, whether you're a hypnotist or any kind of business. You want to be doing both offline and online marketing. So as I hear you discuss that, I'm also remembering that in your time with the National Guild of Hypnotists, uh, thinking back to your mentioning, well, you're sort of a born entrepreneur as well. Then you've done in some very interesting, successful, I would say, different approaches to building other businesses within the world of hypnosis and hypnotism. So where would we go to just sort of remember and remind people, well, how you sort of built a business that sort of involved other people and other hypnotists ultimately, but sort of grew a business that had um, just open-ended growth potentially. 
Well, you know, that that goes to um, several of the things that I talk about when I when I talk about building your business this way, that looking to see what's needed <laughs> and seeing what your clients need if it's a client-based thing or seeing what your profession needs if it's a profession-based thing, looking to see what people need and how can you uh, fill that, how can you provide something for people. Too often, I think people find they've got a great idea, they've got this product or this service or something, and they want to go out and market that thing, but they don't know that anybody wants it. They don't know that anybody needs it. They just want to market this thing. But if there's people out there with a need or a desire or a want or something that's that's missing, then there's something you can do with that. And I'm I'm hearing your question, Elsa, and thinking, I don't know, you might be talking about a couple of different things I've done. Um, but for instance, I'm the originator of a method that I call HypnoCoach. And right. HypnoCoach is a training program that I uh, provide for hypnotists to expand their businesses, as Elsa was saying. And it all started back before anybody knew what personal coaching was. Uh, hardly anybody knew who Ted, Tony Robbins was at this point. This is like the late 80s, early 90s. And it goes back to what I said earlier about helping people become better instead of like working with broken people trying to help fix them. It's not that I don't help fix things with people, but my preference is to help people be more successful at whatever. And so I had these clients that would come to me who would come for some problem that we'd fix, like... Uh, the ones that come to mind often are people who came to pass a test, like they came to pass a bar exam or an engineering exam or something. So there's nothing wrong with this person. They don't have a habit they have to overcome or a fear or a phobia to get over or 100 pounds to lose. They just wanted to be successful in their field. And so we'd help them get over the test, and they pass the test, and then they're gone. So, okay, they go off in the world. Well, people would say to me, gosh, that was so easy. That was so wonderful. What else can you help me with? And I'd say, what else do you want to do? Because literally anything that they can set their mind to can happen. So they'd say, well, I want to do this or that or the other thing. And so in my notes, I would say success client. What what their presenting problem was was success. They wanted more success. And so I developed a whole protocol of working with clients on a continuing basis at a distance, and this was pre-internet, folks, so it's before Skype was ever thought of, um, but working with clients anywhere at a distance for a long and continuing basis, helping them have one success after another after another. And so when other hypnotists were seeing people three sessions, four sessions, five sessions for weight loss or a phobia or pass a test or whatever, then those people would leave and then they'd be looking for new clients. I had clients that continued and continued and continued because we kept building their life. And so when I found the concept of personal coaching, I went, well, that's what I do. Only what I do is kind of like regular personal coaching on steroids because I work with hypnosis and NLP and subconscious communication. So I knew I had an edge over what everybody else was doing. And so then I I started teaching that to people, and I have a few hundred hypno-coach graduates all over the world in uh, something like 30 countries. And 
it's continued. I just had a, a new interview with somebody taking my next class the other day. And so I was talking about how it also works across cultures and across languages and across communities because I know it does because I've got people all over the world. So that became one of my pieces of my business and one of my streams of income. And I've helped give it to many, many hypnotists all over the world as one of their multiple streams. I think one of the things that admires me about how you handle all that you do uh, is the uh, the time you will actually spend with the clients you have to assure that they they actually keep growing. I guess is the best way I can say that uh, you're uh, available to them. And it, well, you're, you're just personally available to them. Uh, so so much, and so you give a lot, and that sort of uh, I think brings me to how do you keep the passion? I understand what you just said about working and help people get better and all that as well, but how do you hold on to the passion I see that you have and feel for what hypnosis can do? And you kind of just sort of put it into the last answer in a way. But you have a just a, an incredible passion for hypnosis and hypnotism and all and everything that it can do. Is um, Am I right about that? Yeah, and it's because uh, I truly believe, and I it's not just a belief. I've illustrated it for over 30 years that you can achieve what you put your mind to. But putting your mind to it is not that easy when people don't know what that means. And it really does need to be the subconscious mind. When I, I'm going to digress back to HypnoCoach for a moment. When I talk to people about what is HypnoCoach, my method is a whole protocol of what works. It's not just a bunch of hypnosis thrown in with a bunch of coaching. There wasn't even coaching around in those days. But, but part of what I do is a regular hypnotist it's working with the subconscious, and that's very powerful. A regular personal coach is working with the conscious, and that's useful. A hypno coach is working with both of them together, so we're getting 100%. Mm-hmm. And so the key to me is that what I do helps people on several levels to give them a complete way to, uh, to move forward. And because I am helping people, I mean, I still help regular people with regular, ordinary, everyday problems, like we say, to overcome issues and stop smoking and lose weight and pass tests. And I do, I still do all that stuff. But my hypnotic coach clients that are moving forward all the time, I've watched them progress, like, you know, like tending a garden or raising kids or something, that I get to see the progression. And so... Any time in my life over this last 30-plus years when I've had a bad week or a bad day and I've thought, oh, maybe I should just hang this up. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe it's time to retire. Maybe it's time to do something else. And I'm not kidding. The next client will come in with a big hug and tears and say, you have no idea how this has changed my life. And then I'm like, okay, already. Well, <laughs> I guess I can't hang it up yet. Uh, so when you get those kind of results, I mean, boy, talk about loving what you do. It's really hard to walk away from something that 
impacts people. And Lisa, why are you just a warrior? I'll let you go ahead and, uh, and cover this data if you if you don't mind uh, about how Lisa was just awarded one of the highest awards at the uh, last convention this past summer at NGH. That's right. Lisa? So that award, which means maybe more to me than anybody knows because of what I said earlier about my mentor's mentor was Ormond McGill. And Ormond was the person that wrote the letter recommending me to the Guild. And the uh, award I was presented was the what we call the Chair of Hypnosis, the Ormond McGill Memorial Award. And people who knew Ormond and were around when this award came about know that the backstory is that Ormond was always called the Dean of Hypnosis. And the Dean uh, at a school is usually the chair of the department. And so that award happens to be a physical chair. And so it, it means a lot to me. And well-deserved, for sure. Uh, you've been... And you've been, and partly because of all that you've done, uh, you've been asked to present at what we call the Solid Gold Weekend coming up in February. Uh, and can you share the title of the program you're going to be doing at Solid Gold? Multiple streams of income for hypnotists. Build your online offline business. Is that what they have written down, I hope? Very much like that. And the reason I'm asking and ask that question specifically is because we interviewed another hypnotist, Tim, uh, that one of the things he was sharing with us was he always goes, for the last few years he's been involved, goes to solid gold. And, he, and the reason is he gets and learns new techniques. But more important, he learns everything he possibly can about marketing that is taught at the Solid Gold. And he says it sort of makes up uh, what he learns at Solid Gold in marketing, makes up much mm -hmm. of what he does and goes out and tries and helps him build his business. And mm -hmm. that's why I wanted you to sort of mention the program you're going to be teaching at Solid Gold because I think it's going to incredibly help um, those who attend it. What do you think? Well, yeah, I was I was very excited to be asked back. I've done a couple of other solid golds. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was at the very first solid gold. That's one of my proudest moments, too, when we kind of thought that there was only going to be one solid gold way back in 1999. But the one that we're doing coming in February, I was kind of excited when Jeremy invited me and said, we're doing this as like a techniques day and a practice building day. So the first day is on like hypnosis techniques, and the second day is about things that will help build your practice. So I'm on that second day on the Sunday, the 23rd, and it's a it's a great topic that I'm going to help people figure out how they can build multiple streams of income and in their business, and how they can use these various ways of marketing, both online ways and offline ways, the old school and the new school. So that they have more than one income stream, and it's not all just dependent on I have clients or I don't have clients. You know, it's a scary thing to not have enough clients this week. And people that have been around a long time, like myself and several of our other presenters and several of our 
uh, well-known, esteemed colleagues. One of the reasons we're still around after 30 years is that we are making money and supporting our practice in more than one way on several dimensions. And we're not just sitting there seeing one-on-one -on -one clients every day. That, that can cause you to be burnt out and exhausted and, and not, not want to hang in there. So when you're talking about keeping my passion, the variety of things I do is also part of what keeps me passionate about what I do. Such a good point. Mark? I think, Lisa, you also uh, have a great uh, program on anti-procrastination, which obviously has worked so well for you and helping so many others achieve success. Could you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, the the, uh, the anti-procrastination technique is something that they will learn at the at the class, and mm -hmm. it's a way to get people to to move, a way to get people into action. And part of what I do in my hypno coach program is keep people moving forward. And so when we hit a roadblock or we hit a doldrum or just something's not going smoothly, people stumble and stop. And my anti-procrastination technique is a simple uh, five-prong approach to do something. And since not everybody that will be at Solid Gold will be on this listening to our recording, I'll go ahead and give you this one thing, because it will help in anybody's life for anything. It's not just a hypnotist thing. And it is. Uh, you can do it on five fingers. And it spells FEP. It's fast, fun, easy, profitable, productive. So if you can find a way to do something, whatever it is that's stopping you, whether it's cleaning your garage or doing your taxes or doing the laundry, it could be anything. Or it could be start, you know, writing a book or starting a, a world speaking tour, and you're just stuck. So what can you do? Pick one. What can you do that's fast? I could get this done fast. Or I could get this done because it's fun. Okay, the fun part attracts me and I can get my butt up and moving and get something done because it's fun. Or what's the easiest thing I can do? What is the easiest thing that can get me moving forward? Or what's the most profitable thing I can do? If I do just this, it'll start the money coming in. Or what's the most productive thing I can do? If I just did this, it would get a whole lot done at once. So fast, fun, easy, profitable, and productive. You don't have to do them all. If you do them all, you're really on a roll. You're doing great. But when you're at that stuck point, just pick one of those. And they all kind of have a different flavor and a different feeling to them and a, a different amount of work to them sometimes. So maybe you're not up to doing the thing that's the most productive but maybe the thing that's most profitable will turn you on and get you going. And if none of those work, then what's the easiest thing I can do or the fastest or the funnest? Great right. info there, Lisa. My five-finger motivational approach. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And obviously, it's, there's so much more you can share with people at the Solid Gold event at your class. How would you recommend uh, if it's someone that's just getting – Starting hypnosis, or whether uh, seasoned veterans, not only uh, getting out to your class, but getting out to the other events that are going on at Solid Gold. What would you recommend? Well, what I love about Solid Gold is um, when I try to explain it to somebody else that's not been there, 
I, I call it a boutique event. You know, the big convention we do in August, which I love, and I've been a faculty member for, I think, over 30 years now, is so full, and there's something, you know, there's like 15 choices an hour, and this year they they went back to having a lunch break, but often you have to choose whether you're taking a class or eating lunch, or when you're eating lunch, and so you have so many things that you feel like you're maybe missing out on a little bit because there's just so much going on, and it's so filling. And Solid Gold is more of a boutique experience that everybody's in the same room. You get to take every class. You don't have to choose between. The first day, like I said, you're getting techniques and hypnosis techniques. And the second day, you're going to figure out ways that you can use what you just learned and add it to building your practice. So what's cool about Solid Gold is they look for universal topics that whether you've been doing this 20 years or two months, you're going to learn something. And like uh, Elson said about uh, my colleague Tim Horn, who's one of the other presenters, saying that he goes because there's always something you can use. And that's what's really neat is even if you get one nugget out of each class, you're getting something useful. And because of the atmosphere, you get to network more with your colleagues and with the presenters because it's just kind of a little slower pace and a more communal group and linear, so you're not having to make choices. So it's uh, it's our boutique event. That's great insight. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lisa. If someone wants to get in touch with you directly, uh, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? Um, the best way they can reach me is to just uh, email me is probably the easiest way. And the email is hypnocoaching, I-N-G at the end. So it's H-Y-P-N-O-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G, hypnocoaching at Gmail. And that will get them to me. Can you have, a, a, obviously, a great website as well with your online information? What's that? Um, so I've got a couple of different websites. I don't have one on this online offline business yet. I probably will have before I get to solid gold. But um, the one that uh, teaches about my HypnoCoach certification is just that, HypnoCoachCertification.com. And my other primary website for uh, colleagues is uh, my distance internship program, which is a mentoring program I, where I help uh, clients that are fellow hypnotists build their practice, and that's hypnosisdistanceinternship.com. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing all that great information. Lisa, I have one more question. Um, okay. Because I know that you is a and, I, and it's and I think Mark will forgive me for this, which is is kind of a self-serving question in a way. But I know that you often recommend and then actually give a certain book to the hypnotists that are trying to build their practice in a meaningful way. Um, can I ask you to sort of talk about why you do that? I wonder what book that could be. Um, <laughs> the, the book you're talking about, I happen to be on this call with the esteemed authors, uh, Mark Eldridge and Alison Eldridge, Jr., and it's a great, great book that actually, it's funny you mention it because this particular class that I teach about the multiple streams of income to build your business with online, offline marketing, I recommend this book in this class. And it is How to Position Yourself as the Obvious Expert. 
by Mark Eldridge and Nelson Eldridge. And the reason I recommend the book is because it, the, the things that you teach in it can be applied to both the online and the offline marketing. And when I taught this class at um, convention last, literally, like, I had to go take a break and go to the bookstore and make sure we had books because I was afraid I just sold out your book at the bookstore because <laughs> everybody's like, okay, what is that and where do I get it? Um, and I also am biased because I'm one of the uh, hundred and something expert advisors that you have in the book where you ask us to contribute pieces of how we had uh, used our obvious expert positioning to uh, increase our own businesses. So it's a timeless book. It's full of knowledge and great information on every single page. And um, if people actually work through the things that are in the book, they'd all be famous themselves. Thank you for that. That Let's is the book you were talking about, right? <laughs> I, I, I think it might have been, yeah. Um, <laughs> as we give people a chance as we move on a little bit, but would you, if you had something or if you could think of something people could start thinking about or even doing today prior to going to solid gold or getting ready for solid gold, what would that be? Well, in the in the vein of building their business, here's here's one of the basics, and this goes back to my marketing and marketing research background, and I alluded to it a little bit earlier, which is find a need and fill it. Find a need and fill it meaning they can start looking around them right now with their clients and go what does my what do my clients need how could i be of more service to them or how could they be more productive or how could they be more successful what do my clients need and how can i provide something especially if you can uniquely provide it that it's something about you that you do or a technique you've uh, developed or just a, a protocol that you've put together as a system, find a need and fill it. So just even start with looking for that need. You know, so if it's what do your weight loss clients need to be better at their weight loss or what do your smoking clients need to be better at, at stopping smoking or what do your kid clients need that could help them more in school, just pick someplace and find a need so that you can start to figure out how you're going to fill it. And we'll talk about more of how you can fill it when you're taking my class at Solid Gold. But that thought of what is it that people need or what's missing. You know, if you have a clientele that you want to expand, it's like, well, look out in the world and who do you see out there and what do they need and how could you help them? That could become your new niche or your new specialty. Nice. Mark? We really appreciate you taking the time to share with us all all the great insights you, you were able to uh, cover such great wealth of information this this uh, broadcast, and really appreciate that, Lisa. We look forward to seeing you out there, Solid Gold, and everyone else. So thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Thanks again. Bye now. This has been an obvious expert production. You've been listening to Hypnosis Podcasts. For more actionable tips and insight, subscribe to this podcast today so you're the first to hear new episodes jam-packed with exclusive content. Check out www.hypnosispodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. 